Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 1-737-1287, Southern New England Sports Original, 1037, WEI. As we say good morning to Tim Welsh. And I barely have a voice this morning, Tim, because I was uh, rising above the din yesterday at County Forum at Chestnut Hill calling the BC Miami game, which was a thriller in a sellout crowd, including Derek White and Bill O'Brien, faces in the crowd, as you would say. Uh, I have to say, doesn't this Super Bowl feel like it was a month ago and it was only a week ago? Good morning, Meter. Good morning. You want to talk Super Bowl? We can we can talk whatever you you know. I was thinking about our show. You know, I don't know how many years it's been now—a couple, three, whatever. FS Joe, but I felt bad for Joe with his Forty ers His coach blew it again. You know, it's it's uh, you know I he looked so bad last week. Your coach Joe. I don't know if you're paying attention. Oh but, yeah, uh, I, I appreciate your sentiment, uh, Tim and. Yeah, it was a, a rough week for Kyle Shanahan, no doubt about it. He was he was a deer in the headlights, which is just stunning in that stage. I love how people it's now not, it's not stunning. He hasn't learned his lessons. He's 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 a guy who can't he's in the moment. He's uh it just can't happen for him. It just doesn't happen. Some guys got get it and some guys don't. Co- coach, it's they one it's don't. one thing to not deliver in the moment or to have a reputation of coming up flat in the big game as Shanahan now has in three Super Bowls, one as a coordinator, two as a head coach. But it's another thing to not take accountability. Uh, we've been all over Belichick for years on this particular show. And one thing I can say about Bill is if he did something wrong strategically, he would normally own it. We need to coach better, yada, yada, yada. And Kyle Shanahan using Wilkes as the sta- as the scapegoat, not knowing the strategy for the overtime, or not having his team prepared for the overtime with, with a proper strategy. Uh, it's disheartening as a Niners fan. I appreciate uh, you keeping me in your thoughts, Tim. 
Yeah, I was. Uh, I actually watched the game from my hotel room in Provo, Utah, and I was thinking of Joe. So how about oh, that? Oh man! You know, well, you're across. thinking of Montana or Passarelli? Passarelli, of course. You know, I, I had to get up early last Sunday and do the show, and yes. uh, it was well, great. It, it, I was thinking of a lot of things as I watched the Super Bowl. One of them was the the ineptitude of Kyle Shanahan, the ineptitude of Tony Romo. The ineptitude oh. of the ineptitude of the entire 49ers roster for not knowing the overtime rules. You go ahead, blame Shannon for that. Uh let's see what else. The ineptitude of a kicker. Uh I know Moody kicked a 55 yarder, but that let's go back to the missed extra point. Let's uh, go back uh, to that. Under talked about element of the game, that missed extra point. You you're breaking up, Joe. Could, it was that was an under talked about element of the game, John. It, Moody's missed extra point, no doubt. It was, about it. It was the game. It not, was the not, game. Not, not to Period. mention the muff on the punt. Not to mention McCaffrey's fumble. You can't give a championship caliber team like Kansas City that many chances. It was the game, guys. It was the it was period. I mean, I'm sitting there throughout. I said to people I was watching with them, like, you remember that missed extra point? This this doesn't happen right now. Like it, it, the whole thing was such a microcosm of what ails teams, as Tim says, they can't get out of their own way because well, there's a reason for that. There's a trend line that we always follow, and unlike the Patriots in their dynasty years, they actually knew how to win those games, and they could have lost a lot of those Super Bowls, but they didn't because they had a kicker that was a Hall of Famer, and that's that's the margin of error. You all knew going into the game. Those of you who are uh, putting a a bunch of money on the 49ers you all knew or the chiefs you knew it was going to probably be a field goal game and that's what it was and it comes down to a kicker and it comes down to execution it comes down to a coach who doesn't know what he's doing and it comes down to broadcasters who have no idea what they're talking about not that that affects the game but it's maddening i'll tell you what there's 123 million people in that audience the largest ever in a super on a super bowl telecast and your freaking analyst doesn't know what's going on <laughs> I don't know, John. Well, for, well, first of all, you know, not to blow smoke up your your employer and our employer, but the one good thing that I think, well, not one, but one of the best things ESPN does, like, say there's a flagrant foul situation, uh, a one or a two, you know, we know the rules, but the fans, you don't, you can't ever think that the fans always know the rules. And right. so you have to you have to have a graphic built, you know. Right. In that in that moment, you needed a graphic with Jim Nance going through it step by step and explaining it, and that's it. It's over. You know, you can't just you can't you can't uh, shoot from the seat of your vintage pants. You know, <laughs> you, you just can't. And it's just that's that's what the bad part. I am shocked they didn't have a graphic built for that. I mean, I mean, if they did, I missed it. I I was watching the game. I watched every minute of the game. I I did not see a graphic. On what Neither the overtime rules? Oh, that was the overtime rules. And I didn't hear anybody say that. Maybe it's been written. I don't know. But that's the first thing I thought of, because yeah. I know that's what you know. We go through you and I do these games. We go through the, we go through all the graphics before the game, and that one's yep. always in the can. You know, with always. The flagrant one, flagrant two, and and anything new, anything new at the beginning of the season. Like the beginning of the season this year, then college basketball, they changed uh, the goaltending rule where you can review the goaltending. They changed the the rule about the block charge a little bit. So you have to explain it to the fans. The fans don't go through these meetings like we do. You no. have to you have to 
you have to talk to the fans like they're sports fans, but they're not at the level where they know every bit of what's going on with the rules. And that's, that's the piece. Yeah, and, and, G, and people, oh, Gene Steratore came in and talked about it. I'm like, no, that's not good enough. Sorry. First of all, you can't absorb that, to your point. You simplify the production for the audience. You talk to any great sports producer, they'll tell you the same thing. Simplify. Put a graphic up. People's keep, keep it simple, terrible. Exactly. Like, people need to see it. it people are visible. Uh, they're visible learners. Uh, visual. The audible... The, the audible from Gene Steratore kind of rambling on about the rule. I'm not absorbing that. Sorry. Maybe you did. Maybe, maybe just cause I was in a, a lot of people are in busy rooms too. There's a lot of, there's a lot of voices during a Super Bowl. I can't no. just hear Gene Steratore. G- gentlemen, no, you, need- you, you, you raise a great point. I don't, I haven't heard anyone really bring this up on how CBS didn't show any kind of graphics. Uh, to put it into perspective, I'm a wrestling fan, not to talk about my own interest here on this two-hour show, but if you watch a show like the Royal Rumble or something with a gimmick, they overly explain the rules to you like you're stupid. That's what should have been done with the overtime rules. I don't know about you, but I was not 100% up on the new updated rule. I believe this is the first overtime playoff game which featured these set of rules, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. And thank, and thank you for saying you don't want to talk about wrestling too much, but you know I know because Meter's going to have Sean McAdam on, so we're going to have to deal with twenty minutes of baseball. Oh. We can't throw we can't throw wrestling well, in well, there. Well, the texters anyway. were, were 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 angry and wanted to talk baseball yesterday when we had all the callers calling on the Super Bowl. So you never know. All right, all right, we'll take anything. But anyway, uh, you know, talk about Meter. Meter makes a good book. Keeping it simple. Talk about keeping it simple, Meter. I'm giving you a little quiz this morning from a broadcast yes. perspective. When there's a big moment, huge moment, not big, big, huge, exciting in a, in a game, football, basketball, hockey. Uh, what are the what's the first thing that you're taught that you teach your BC students in your broadcasting class to do when there's a big moment? What what are the three words? As long as I'm on television, I tell them to please be quiet. Please be quiet. Let it breathe. Let the Let moment it breathe. breathe. Yes. You know, uh, it, did we see that in the Super Bowl? I mean, all I could think of when when Tony Romo did that is, oh, no, what a disaster. When the winning touchdown was scored and then Jim Nance makes the call, uh, I, was it Dynasty or Dust? I don't know what he said. I Jack can't remember Biden. what he said. Jackpot. Yeah, I, I can't remember because Tony Romer blew it. He blew right over him and, you know, <laughs> blew blew the door down. And it's like, let it breathe. The producers tell you, great producers tell you that. Matter of fact, when I work with Sean McDonough, he, as we know, a Hall of Fame broadcaster, uh, you know what he does in those moments? He doesn't tell you to let it breathe. He grabs your arm. He grabs yeah. your arm. Just make sure you know. You know, like, don't step in the way of this moment with your chatter. No one wants to hear what you have to say. They want to take in the excitement of the moment. They want to see, hear the crowd. They want to see the emotion of the moment. It's not radio. So, you know, from that perspective, that just, that sealed the deal on me with Tony Romo at the end of that game. That really kind of ruined it. You know, and I'm sure Jim Nance is not happy about that. I'm sure he's not. How it's awkward like, was it at the end when he when Tony snuck in that weird "I love you" to Jim, and Jim was all put on the spot? Everything's weird about him. I mean, he's he's a nice guy, but seriously, I, we know a lot of nice guys. 
they don't believe they don't belong in that chair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can't do it. You know? Can't do it. Can't do it anymore. They can't. They can't. I'm sorry. And you're going to have to pay a $17 million freight for a guy who's doing your third game. And, you can't do it anymore. And, and, and as Romo mentioned, this was his third Super Bowl he's called. It's not like this is this his first one and, he, and he's brand new at it. You'd think he would have gotten the hang of these subtleties by now. No, I mean, and for us to be talking this much about it tells you, I mean, here's a sign of a good broadcaster, as you know, Tim. If you don't, if you don't even, I mean, you pay attention to some things they say, but that's it. Like they're kind of a little bit of an afterthought, to be honest with you. You can't. Yeah. He suffocates a game. He suffocates a game. And well, you're exactly, you're exactly right, McDonough. You, you let the game wash over you. Is a great example from my perspective. I was on television yesterday. BC hits a big shot against Miami. You know, whatever. It's a, it's a ACC regular season game. It, it, obviously, not nothing great on the line. Kid hits a shot to give BC the lead. I said to Huckabee, my analyst, Malcolm Huckabee, I went like this. I said, lay out. And he did because he's a, he's a really good analyst, like you would too. Ten seconds, silence. Yeah, you got to let them – the it's television. You got to let the moment happen. And Sean McManus is the president of CBS. He signed him to the new deal. He's he's getting out he's, – he's running out the back door on this one. He's going to let the next guy deal with this because he's, he's retiring. So good luck. Good luck. Here's the mess I left you with. Uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, I don't know, but anyway, get back to the game. It, well, it was a good game. I enjoyed the game. I thought the game uh, stunk by the way, for the first, well, the first half was all the punts, I guess the Terrible. second half was a lot better. So it's, uh, you know, again, getting back to Shanahan and not running the ball enough, just like he did when he was a coordinator with the, with the Falcons, uh, different situation, of course. That would have won the game. I mean, they they probably they definitely would have won the game if they handed the ball off to Christian McCaffrey more uh, in in that fourth quarter. But you know, he's he's uh, he, and and he loves blaming everybody else too. I love it. Uh, he, you know, the one thing about your guy Bill Belichick, at least he would take accountability. Um, you know, in certain situations, he wouldn't get exact with fourth did, and two but, comes to mind. He owned it at that podium. Exactly. You know, now he doesn't have to own anything, but you have the craft, you have the craft production uh, dynasty out there, which is beautiful, beautiful music. I love how the producer of the dynasty was on. Uh, I think he was on NBC sports tonight or whatever he was. He's been all over the place saying, this is not a craft production. This is neutral. This is right down the middle. Get please. Can you stop? <laughs> Can you stop? Yeah. Look, I've watched the first I mean, two episodes, not, and I love it. I love that stuff. I'm a sucker for that stuff. That. Oh yeah, it's uh, great, great to watch. But come on, how slanted is it towards the crafts? Get out of here! No, nah, it's it's yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, there's a there's a little idolatry of that. Uh, it's really good. I got to tell you, and as someone who lived it, uh, you lived it. I mean, from a media standpoint, I lived it. It was you. you brings you back to the frenzy around the team and all the all the stuff and all the bleep that the was way, flying at by times. The way, how, how old is Robert Kraft? Not to talk about age. He's around yeah, he's he's older than Joe Biden. Uh I gotta tell you, he I'm impressed with him because I don't know many people and God, I hope I have half of that when I'm his age. The memory that he has from 30, 25 years ago of exact conversations he had with people it's amazing to me 
the memory. The, the, the meeting with Drew Bledsoe, the, the actual conversation he had, how he was going to hold Bill Belichick accountable if Tom Brady didn't succeed. Amazing to me that he, he can recall that from 25 years ago. It's amazing. He must have, I, you know, does he have tape recordings? God bless him. I hope I'm half that good at 82 that I can remember conversations I had 25 years ago. It's, uh, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, it, uh, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I, look, it, they got to get hammered either way. You Either way, they would have got hammered. Uh, the producers, those are interesting projects. I think, you know, similar to what, look, Jordan still gets ripped. For uh, by some people for the last dance for being so bitter about things, uh, you know the whole Jerry Krause thing. Uh, people can't get by that. The Bulls, some can, some can't. Uh, you're never gonna win, is my point. If you're a producer of these documentaries, uh, it's hagiography. Uh, it's but it's really well done. I gotta tell you, they did a they did they had some great footage of Brady. You'll love this when Brady was 22 years old in his condo in Franklin, Mass, with David Nugent, who took home videos. And Brady's playing beer pong, and Brady's playing Tecmo Bowl, and Brady's playing pool, and there's six guys in the. It's a frat house, basically. They bought the condo from Ty Law. Ty Law says Brady owes me 150 grand. I undersold them, and Brady, Brady comes on and says Ty Law's full of bleep. I'm not giving him his money back. Uh, stuff like that's really funny. I mean. So just a sidebar, but they they do go inside, Tim. Like, it, it does bring you back to – they make Foxborough Stadium sound like Lambeau Field. I'm like, the place is such a dump. But, you know, the last game at Foxborough Stadium was the snowball. No, Yeah, we know that. Uh, and they make that very Hollywood-esque, which is one of the greatest games ever, I guess, uh, even though it was such an ugly game. But uh, – there's a lot going on there that I think you'll enjoy if you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, it's something to pull up on a long flight to Provo, I guess, next week or something. But <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, it's I guess it's fine. But I just, you know, con the, the continuing narrative of Bob Kraft just is annoying. It is, you know, just every day, you know, not taking credit for everything keeping his hands so far away from the Brady exit that it's not even funny. And you know, all of that, that just annoys me because you, you and I both know it's, 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 <laughs> it's, uh, he's the owner of the team. You know, the owner takes ownership and that's, that's what he needs to do in these situations, but he just wants to take all the credit, but I guess that's the ego of an owner at his, at his level. So I guess you got to just put up with it. And see how it goes moving forward, which I'm, I'm very, very cautious of what they're doing up there. I, I'm not sure they're heading down the right road with anything, let alone the, their draft. But I'll let you break that down when it happens. But oh, it's uh, can't I be any worse hope, than it's bad. I hope that they all this, the, you know, I know it's just media blabber and people trying to fill space. And I know it. Obviously, we know what that's like uh, trying to fill a two hour radio show for that matter. But all this talk about let's trade out, let's do this, let's the shenanigans, the trade, 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 trade out of the three, trade to Chicago, trade to Indianapolis, trade to this. Don't trade. Do not trade. You keep the third pick in the draft. Please, I'm begging you. You keep the third pick. 
You draft a quarterback, you go with that quarterback. You ride him. That's what you do. You have a chance. As Matthew Judon said, good for him. I'm sure Matthew Judon hasn't, hasn't watched every game that Jaden Daniels has played. But you know what? He knows enough to know. Patriots haven't had one of those guys. A guy that can run and a guy that can throw. And that's the modern NFL game. Pat Mahomes, we saw it on Sunday a little bit. He's not Kyler Murray, but he can run when he needs to, and he rushed for 65 yards. And, oh, by the way, good coaching San Francisco and Steve Wilkes. You weren't ready for the quarterback draw? Nick Bosa saying they didn't practice against any QB runs? Are you kidding me? That is fireable. Sorry, Steve Wilkes. That's bad. So my point is, draft Jaden Daniels. Then you pick up a receiver. Then you pick up an offensive lineman. The draft is seven rounds. You can do everything. It's okay. You can find a Puka Nakua in the fifth round. It's okay. Those guys exist. That's why they're paying Elliott Wolf. Go find those guys. But draft Jaden Daniels or Drake May at number three. I'm begging you. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm all in on Drake May. That's for sure. I'm all in on him. I. I you know, he's got everything you need. I think. You know. Problem here coming here is is are you going to have the coaching? That's a that's an issue I think, but we'll see we'll see what happens. You know Alex Van Pelt got here and says you got to run the football to win the to win championships. So you know right there I stopped in my tracks and heard that. I'm like all right this is 2024 Alex this isn't 1977. You know my yeah, good friend yeah. my good my good friend Mark Van Egan one of the best best fullbacks in the history yes. of the game. His position doesn't even exist anymore. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's mind boggling. He, he would even say that if you think it, that's one thing, but come on, don't you know your audience <laughs> I mean, uh, running the football 2024. I, that, I, there's a, there's a point where you can do it. Yes. There's, there's a good little balance. Everybody likes yeah, to yeah, play. Chris McCaffrey. And, yeah. I was going to say, in fairness, we're all over Shanahan for not running CMC as much as he should have. So balance is key. Yeah. But you balance don't have is, him. You don't yeah. have him. You've got Ramondre Stevenson. Good point. You have complimentary yeah. football. Is Every coach in America wants to play complimentary football. I get it. But you know what? To Tim's point, you got to throw the ball 70% of the time, which which obviously might be a challenge for a Drake Mayer, Jaden Daniels in year one. But you know what? You're going to stink anyway. If Justin Fields is your quarterback, you're probably still going to stink. I'm not going to say you're going four and 13. You might win one or two more games. Okay, seven and 10, whatever. You're still going to have a really developmental year next year. That's a year for Elliott Wolf and the personnel department to put this thing back together. Then in year two, no more excuses. Sorry, you can make the playoffs in year two. If you're spending money and if you're drafting right, you can do it. So Elliott Wolf, go get it. Go spend the money. Robert Kraft says that he's never turned that down, even though they're last, last in spending. Which money to burn, isn't that what Mayo said? Yes, I can't fathom that whole concept because clearly there's an issue there. There's a line of demarcation. Who's not... Who's not telling the truth? The stats say you're last in cash spending or second to last in cash spending over the last five years. What does that mean to you? Well, there again, your owner says last week, I believe that uh, he says there's a narrative out there that's not true, that we don't want to spend. We we have spent and we will spend. And then, and then you look at the numbers, you say, you know, that's the thing with him is like, you, you, this is Boston, okay? This is, you can't fool bostonians sports fans you cannot fool them you know this is not kansas city <laughs> this is not you know 
the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, this is not Seattle. Yeah, you know, or Miami. You know, where they don't care about sport. This is passion city. You know, the people know. You know, yeah, two talk sports radio show uh, pro stations in the same city. Who has that? <laughs> it's like this is serious stuff here. You can't fool Bostonians about this, and and that's that's where he loses me when when he flat out just says stuff that isn't true. No, I I think it's an opportunity if I'm if I'm any member of that craft family, and they're not they're obviously very smart people. They need to really conceptualize what this draft means this year, what this offseason means. This is the biggest offseason you've ever had, period. You weren't here when Drew Bledsoe was drafted. You weren't here. Uh, this is a huge offseason. You cannot screw it up. That's the edict to Elliot Wolf and whoever isn't in that personnel department. Gerard Mayo, if you have some voice in this, we have to hit a home run. This is We've been waiting 30-plus years to do this. We're in charge now. We have got to hit this out of the park, which means I got to open up my my checkbook. I'm giving you whatever you need. You want to go get, you want to go get Michael Pittman. You want to go get T Higgins. You want to go get any receiver that you need, a tight end that you need, uh, an offensive lineman that you need. I'm gonna I'm gonna be there for you. Go get him. And oh by the way, don't screw up the draft. When there's a receiver there, take him. You like him, take him. Don't don't draft a kicker. Don't draft a punter. Don't draft a long snapper. Don't draft any guys from Navy or Rutgers. Take the guys that all add up as skill players, which they don't have. No, no. It's, uh, you know, in, moving forward, I'm interested to hear who you like, you know, other than the, the top names. You do a great job with that, of course. And, you know, you've been spot on over the years on who you, who you want them to take. And, it's, uh, and they haven't done it. I will get you it. that. That's that's my March walking papers from Tim Wallace. I will have a full Meter Perel draft board in March. And uh, as we compile all the latest from the combine, you love the combine. It's coming down in the next, what, this week or next week from Indianapolis. You love watching those offensive linemen run the 40. Yes, nothing better. <laughs> nothing better uh, other than a little pitchers and catchers reporting. <laughs> nothing better to me. But we're into March almost. We're almost into March. Uh, you know, it's good news, bad news. You hate to see the college basketball season end, but we can de- do a deep dive in there. Devin Carter put on another show last night. Yeah, we're definitely going to get to that because I, I want to talk about Providence and the many teams our friend Joe Lenardi has on the bubble. Uh, and there's some rumblings from, uh, you know, from conferences now. You hear it in your travels and coaches and they tried a politic, which I'm sure, you know, you probably did back in the day with Providence trying to get more Big East teams into the tournament. Coaches calling Joe Lenardi, coaches calling. Uh, oh, they absolutely do. I, I know they do. I, I haven't heard much of it this year, but I, in past years, from actual head coaches coming up to me and like, what's up with Lenardi? I'm like, wait a minute. Joe's in his bunker in Philadelphia. And he doesn't come out of it until selection Sunday is over. Uh, we, you know, we, he comes on the show. He'll start coming on the shows during the games, during the broadcast to talk about stuff, but uh, we'll get him. We'll get him. I worked with him last year, as you know, in Philadelphia and we got him out of the bunker for that game to do a pen game. And he told me, you're right. He said he's on the Jersey shore and he turns everything off. 
Yeah, no, I actually had a head coach uh, from a Big 12 team come up to me last year and was visibly upset and um, angry with Joe because his yeah. his squad was the first four out on February 15th. <laughs> I'm like, coach, <laughs> you know what to do. Don't call Joe. Win some more games. That's all you could do. <laughs> you got to just win some games, baby. You got to keep winning. And that's why I like Kim English so much. Uh, you know, go back to that disastrous call two weeks ago against Butler, uh, where they were, it was criminal, basically borderline, where they should have had a foul called with less than one second to go to win the game with Corey Floyd. But no excuses from this guy. I mean, the, the level of just. Total responsibility he has of understanding what he needs to do is, is amazing to me at his age. You know, if he was, I don't care if he's 34 or 54, he's, he's, he's absolutely amazing. Because immediately, if I, I, I know myself at that age, I would have lost my mind. I would have lost my mind in the press conference. I would have went after the refs, oh, run yeah. into the tu- ran into the tunnel, and said something that probably would have been accompanied with a fine. And uh, on to, and then then the t- your team loses their mind and then all of a sudden now you spin into a three game losing streak. No, as soon as that game ended, he talked about one play does not make a game. He talked about yes, we thought he was hit, but we had other chances and opportunities to win, and we have a quick turnaround. We can't think about it. We got to think about the next game. And what have they done ever since? They beat St. John's yesterday. They just throttled uh, just. Uh, disastrous to Paul, but they did, they did their business. They went out and did their business. And that's why he's a tremendous coach. Providence should be so happy that they found him. Steve Napolo just amazes me to me. You know, I mean, I knew Kim English as an assistant coach when he was at Tulsa and Tennessee, but I didn't realize he was this. I did not realize he was this. And he's stepped into, he's just been outstanding. Let's just hope they make the tournament. You know, the schedules comes a little difficult coming home, but, They've they've got opportunity to get into the tournament, and that's all you can ask at this point in the season. 401-777-1037. We are late for a break and a Joe Passarelli update. Sean McAdam will join us from Fort Myers as he gears up for the start of the Red Sox Grapefruit League season that Tim can't wait for. There is news, though, from a media perspective coming out of Fort Myers yesterday. One media member really went off on the Red Sox ownership group, and I know that's, you know, I guess it's a a newsworthy item because we're going to play it. So we'll make it newsworthy and we'll get Sean's thoughts on it. Uh, There's a, there's, there's a lot of uh, apprehension about where that team is headed with good reason. Timeout time meter and the coach on sports radio, WEI. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 